0: And Mud show is on news radio six ten
1: w You know our perspective is that that those are bad policies. You know if you look at um, just the absolute explosion of illegal uh, migrants across the southern border, It's unlike anything we've ever seen. Just go back to 2020. It was a much different situation. We in the state of Florida actually sent support last summer uh, to help Texas and to help interdict. The problem is, you know, you
0: interdict and then you give them to the feds. And then the feds will do things like fly people in the middle of the night at 2 in the morning and drop them off. This obviously has been a huge problem that the governor has been working to combat. Another problem that we've heard about. You would think the most obvious thing in the world, you have convicted criminals, illegal immigrants who are convicted criminals that are being released from their prison sentences and not having ICE issue detainers to take them off, to to deport them. So then what happens? Well, your local law enforcement agencies, what can they do? They can't deport them. So at some point, they're forced just to release criminal illegal immigrants back into society. It really is one of many outrages associated with this administration's policy, and it's, uh, candidly, of all the things that the Biden administration has screwed up, immigration in particular is the one that I sit here and I take a look with everything that's going on at at our border and and how systemic this problem is. How do we make it another near three years at this rate? It it really is that big of a concern, but... Anyway, we've got a lot of things going on and a lot of concerns that are being dealt with in Tallahassee in our state legislative session. And uh, joining us to talk about a lot of them, State Senator Manny Diaz Jr. How are you, sir? Good morning, Brian. Great to be with you uh, from Tallahassee. Yeah, first I wanted to ask you about redistricting. So it's interesting. You recently had Governor DeSantis that ended up petitioning the Florida Supreme Court to review the legitimacy of his proposed map, which differed considerably from what you had advanced in the state Senate. And, uh, well, as it turned out, the state Supreme Court came back yesterday unanimously rejecting his proposal so I guess what you had already been moving with in the Senate is going to be the proxy going forward. Well, it's not that simple, Brian. So
1: what the what the governor asked was if he can get a, an opinion from the Supreme Court on one particular seat in that congressional map as to um, the makeup of that seat and, and being a minority access seat. Uh, the Supreme Court answered that there is some complications with answering that question uh, because of federal law that also applies to that. So I think, you know, that was an attempt to get some clarity on that. We're still, believe it or not, early in the process with this congressional map, because while the Senate passed a map using a specific methodology, the House now has a, a congressional map that they have yet, uh, I believe they haven't passed it off the floor so we're still in the process, and I think there was a delay waiting to see if we got an opinion from the court. So this is this is going to be a complex process, and it's still nowhere near ending um, when it comes to the congressional maps. State maps are done. They've been shipped off to the attorney general and then to the Supreme Court. But the congressional maps do go to the governor, so we are still treading through that process.
0: Interesting. Okay, I, I certainly appreciate the update. There have been a lot of high-profile items that have been moving in the state legislature this week. One that has gained probably the most national attention, what was dubbed by leftist interest groups as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Now, Manny, this one really got under my skin for a number of reasons. i am not, to this day, other than myself, heard a reporter refer to it as the actual legislation, uh, what it's named for, uh, the, the Parental Rights and Education uh, that's that's one, but the other is that it it doesn't prohibit, based upon what I broke down, um, you know, the ability for somebody to be utter gay in a classroom. But m- more to the point, it's only four pages and it's really easy to understand. So tell us very simply what this legislation is about. Well, look, this you said
1: it. This this legislation is specifically about parent rights, and we're specifically talking about kindergarten through third grade, early elementary school students and how age appropriate education should be going on. That's not the time to talk about these kind of topics, regardless of it's heterosexual, homosexual, whatever it is, it's just not the right time to talk about any of this. And all it's saying is that parents have rights and that this material should not be covered at that age, that it's not age appropriate. Uh, It's absurd that again, the the woke side is again, dubbing this as the don't say gay bill. It's not that it's specifically talking about parental rights. It's specifically talking about what should be taught at that age. And it's specifically uh, talking about how some of these conversations, number one, should be at an older age. And number two, parents have to be involved. So it doesn't stop students from addressing teachers if they have a concern. It doesn't have stop any kind of conversation. What it does is assures that we have age-appropriate education. And it, it's it's sad that it's it's being politicized to make it seem like it's something that it's not.
0: And to the point of the senator, if you go to the Brian Mudd page, WIOD.com, I broke it down. I put verbatim what's in each of the sections. It is top 10 among the easiest pieces of legislation I have ever broken down it's a total of four pages and five sections it's very easy to understand it's just so unfortunate so many people have not done it including evidently the people that have been reporting on it but i guess that's per usual um now many the, the one other knock against this legislation is look this really isn't a problem in florida so why would you do something so substantive if it's not really a problem in florida Well, first of all, how do we know it's not a problem in Florida? We have 67 school districts.
1: It's a state of almost 22 million people. And do we know exactly what's going on in in each individual classroom? The only way we can find that out is through parents. And parents have complained about conversations, have complained about curriculum. In other states, we've seen curriculum that is not age-appropriate, that is terrible. I've, I've seen in cartoon form. That is not appropriate for that age in any way, shape, or form. And again, I say this is regardless of heterosexual, homosexual. Those conversations are not for kindergartners, not for first graders, not for second graders, not for third graders. And that's why we have to have parents involved to make sure that we keep an eye. At the end of the day, the premise here is that parent that the kids belong to the parents. They don't belong to the government, and and parents cannot can can opt out or. Talk at things that are not age appropriate, that shouldn't be taught in schools that are social issues. So w- this is what simply the bill does. And I, and again, mm-hmm. this seems to be a pattern uh, Brian, when bills are filed, instead of reading the actual bill, like you did a lot of people. And unfortunately in some of the publications where articles have been published, they don't even bother to go down and look what's actually written in the bill, that, or they don't put it in the headline. And then they may put some clarity in the article, but you know a lot of people only look at the headlines, so it's unfortunate that that's the coverage that these things are getting. Um, let's have a debate of what's what's really in the bill, and if someone can object to saying that you shouldn't be teaching kindergarten through third grade, these topics are not age appropriate, we can have that debate, but let's not make it about what it's not, what's not in the bill,
0: Manny, to your point, I'm working on a I'm investigating something right now at a teacher who's acting as a whistleblower. A South Florida school issuing a, a an exam, it was presented as an exam, entitled, How Racially Privileged Are You? The question, have I have never been discriminated against because of my skin color, true or untrue. I have never been the only person of my race in a room. I have never been a victim of violence because of my race. I have never been told that I sound or act white. It goes on. There are a bunch of questions like this. Is that type of material illegal in the state of Florida right now? So if that if it falls into the
1: category of CRT, it is already a state board rule that is that it is not allowed. Uh, but I have the Individual Freedom Bill, which stops that kind of, of of thing. You cannot have materials or teachings that impose on an individual uh, to be racist, to be sexist, to be any anything. You have to, you know, you cover topics and have conversations, but you can't impose on people. This is a backdoor way to it, to make people feel like they, to point out that they have to be, they have to feel guilty because of their race or their sex or their ethnic background. That's improper. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be judging individuals by their character, by their deeds, by who they are, not by the color of their skin or their sex or where they came from. And, and again, this is something that it keeps getting misconstrued. Its parents have woken up and they are awake to the fact that some of these things are being pushed on kids, and that's not okay. Parents should be involved in these conversations.
0: There's a lot of stuff that's happening in the schools that I think uh, a lot of people will be surprised by. This being this example I'm working on right now being one of them. And I'm going to say on that, always a pleasure to talk with you, and uh, we'll we'll check in again real soon. Sure, Brian. Uh, always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Say Senator Manny Diaz Jr. in Tallahassee, of course, in the midst of the state legislative session. All right, how much do manatees eat? How much do they need to eat? Subject of today's Q and A. Snacks here on the Brian Mud Show. He's Radio Six Ten WIOD.